Welcome to Securing America with me, Frank Afney, a program dedicated to protecting the country we love against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to the glory of God and his kingdom. It is a special pleasure to be able to welcome to our microphones and camera, Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. He is a retired Army combat veteran and Brigadier General who is now the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, an organization that's made up of the most principled conservatives in the United States Congress. We're always delighted to catch up with him. Welcome back, Congressman, to Securing America. It's great to be with you, Frank. Thanks for the opportunity. I've got so much I want to talk to you about, and we've got so little time. Let me jump right into the question of Ukraine. Um, there is a lot of concern uh, in conservative circles, among others, that what's happening there really isn't our problem. Uh, it's somebody else's, uh, the Europeans, uh, or just the Ukrainians, and that we really should just simply stay out of it. What is your take on, well, what's actually taking place there and whether it is, in fact, something we should be engaged in? In some fashion. Well, we thanks for asking the question, Frank. And and America has to be engaged, but it's a, you know, it, but it's how America has to be engaged. I think is the is the real thing. And of course, what's going on there? Look, I think there's two trains of thought. I kind of reject one and more espouse the other. There's one that Vladimir Putin is paranoid about NATO, and so because he doesn't want NATO countries on his border, he's invading U Ukraine to expel any potential, uh, uh, I, I guess, occupation, so to speak, or any alliance with NATO right on his border. I, I think that's quite honestly patently absurd. NATO, first of all, is a defensive organization. Second of all, in your lifetime and in my lifetime, has never done anything meaningful regarding the Soviet Union or Russia. So I think that's a straw man. I think the larger case can be made with legitimacy that uh, this is Vladimir Putin wishing and and seeking and actually reconstituting or taking further steps to reconstitute the the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union. I think that's what this is about. Uh, Georgia, Chechnya fall into the realm of this, certainly Crimea, and uh, the rest of the Ukraine is just the most recent excursion. So that's, I think, what's happening. What can be done about it? Look, we don't want to be in World War III, uh, but I think we have to take Vladimir Putin seriously. I think he's challenging the Biden administration. As as you can see right now, most people don't, uh, I think, concern themselves with international issues. They just figure it doesn't really affect them. And, and, and that's what international people do and whatever. Uh, but it's affecting them greatly now, and, it, and it's about to affect them much, much more. And I don't know that most people realize it, but I think that Vladimir Putin has assessed that uh, Joe Biden is feckless, he's weak, he's infirm, he's clueless, he's you name it. Uh, and this is uh, Putin's opportunity to gobble up some more territory and further his goals. And, and there's not going to be any consequence for it, or there's going to be very little consequence for it. And I think that that's what we're seeing right now. Let me just ask you one, one more question before we get into what we should do about it, Congressman. And that is, there are those who say, look, Putin is our natural ally. We should not be trying to prevent him from doing what he wishes to do in Ukraine or punish him, certainly. And yet we are. Um, the evident effort of the Biden administration to 
sort of deflect attention, I think, from its own shortcomings to this particular crisis feeds into some of that sentiment. You're a retired brigadier general in the United States Army. You've spent time actually in combat. You know a lot more about these things than I think the vast majority of certainly your colleagues in Congress and most of the rest of us for that matter. Where do you come down on this question of whether or not we should be working to try to defeat Vladimir Putin in this act of unprovoked aggression against Ukraine? Well, uh, some you cut out there a little bit, Frank, but I think I get the gist of the question. Um, Russia is not any way a strategic ally. Uh, they are not any way a strategic competitor. I know we've been told that uh, since the end of the Cold War. Uh, Russia is the, and the, the USSR formally constituted, they're the enemy of the United States, uh, economically, militarily, informationally, diplomatically. That's what they consider us to be. And although that they have a, an economy about the size of, of, of Italy, they have an over, overpowered military and an overpowering will. And, and of course, they are nuclear armed. And so that's of great concern, as it should be. Uh, you know, like I said, we don't want to get into a shooting war with Russia. So no-fly zones are an interesting uh, discussion, but I think a practicality. First of all, I don't think most of the strikes happening in Ukraine are coming from the air. And I've asked that question, particularly I haven't gotten great answers on it uh, from a percentage standpoint. But as you know, Frank, uh, the, the Russian military is uh, is foundationed and is, is cemented in its... Uh, or its foundation is its artillery. They are known for massive artillery barrages to prep the battlefield. It is the king of their battle. That's what they lead with. And, and it's what they do very, very well. So to me, without an airfield in Ukraine, yes, yes, yes. With devastating effect is correct. And, and there are no airfields in Ukraine left that haven't been cratered. Uh, that the Russians aren't already using. So I'm not sure where you fly these uh, these MiGs or any other aircraft from Ukraine to defend yourself or attack the enemy. I don't know where you take off from. So the only answer is to take off from a neighboring country. And, uh, and then, of course, you're involved that way. Now, let's face it. Uh, the United States and, the, uh, and NATO and the EU are involved already. Uh, and, and so... You know, you might say, well, we're already in for a penny. We might as well be in for a pound. If we can deter Vladimir Putin without being in for a pound and getting ourselves into World War III and sending our bodies, I think that's the answer. And quite honestly, this is a, search, a circumstance that we are way, way late to the game to, but it's not too late to start on the right road. And, the, and that right road is completely isolating Russia diplomatically, economically, and informationally. So uh, they use hybrid warfare. So everything's on the table. It's somewhat like unrestricted warfare, but they are masters at cyber and we need to be in that space. But the other space that we really need to be in, Frank, is the economic space. They need to be isolated completely economically. So they need to be removed from the World Trade Organization. Exports and imports to and from Russia should essentially end at the hand of the World Trade Organization. And we have to use whatever leverage we have there. From the financial circumstance, uh, the United States is the premier financial influencer on the planet. And we don't use that to any effect, really, in this regard. 
uh, certainly Vladimir Putin, who has committed war crimes and crimes against humanity. Uh, he should have zero access to anything that we can uh, that we can affect as the world financial uh, market leader. And then finally, there's absolutely no reason that Vladimir Putin or Russia should be on the United Nations Security Council. Most people don't know this, but the, the, the Russia called for a an emergency meeting of the Security Council regarding their own invasion of Ukraine. It's just patently absurd. Those are the things that, uh, that that's that's a simple solution where we need to start. Uh, they need to be treated like what they are, which is a third world despotic uh, regime. And unfortunately, while we have no quarrel with the people of Russia, we do with their leader. And uh, he just can't be allowed to continue to gobble up territory and threaten the world and extort the world through, uh, through his use of uh, fossil fuels. And I just remind people, there's no war in Ukraine or in, in Western Europe over solar panels and windmills. This is all over oil and gas. And, uh, and this is what we get for uh, for, for, you know, following Biden and the left who worship at the altar of the Green New Deal. This is exactly what they're getting, and it's coming to us unless we start reversing course, seeing uh, the reality of the world as it is, not the, the reality of the world that we wish existed. So you've described, I think, very persuasively that we actually do have an interest in all of this and that we must help the Ukrainians and our European allies in resisting what Putin is doing. You've enumerated a number of steps that could be taken. I'm not sure that getting the Russians off the Security Council is an option, but I'm told there is an Article 42 provision that might allow uh, the UN to become engaged in all of this, uh, notwithstanding um, the Russians' opposition, if they've been engaged as they clearly have in this case with crimes against humanity. But I guess the key piece that I, I hear you talking about, Congressman Scott Perry, and why I think you know you bring so much to this topic and and more generally to the leadership void in Congress is we must make sure that. Putin does not succeed in destroying Ukraine. Congressman, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back with more with Congressman Scott Perry right after this.